Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. It's a beautiful day outside. It's a beautiful day inside. You know, I just looking out there today, you look just beautiful. So uh, God bless you all. At this time, I would like to invite Kitty Soto to share with us about our mission moment. Good morning. Are you ready for the crop walk? I know. I know today's all about football. But it's also time to sign up for the Caneo Valley Crop Walk. This year it will be held on March 6th, um, and it will be the 38th annual Caneo Valley Crop Walk. I think that's a pretty special number. Um, uh, crop Walk is a program of Church World Service, and walks are held all over the country to support their work to end hunger and poverty and promote peace and justice throughout the world. Now last year, because we'd had some disappointing turnouts for several years, the Outreach and Social Concerns Committee challenged you and said, can we get 50 walkers and can we raise at least $5,000? Well, we had 53 walkers and we raised $5,596. And I think we can repeat. And I also think we can do even better. So I've made 60 of these tags for the walkers to wear. It says, I am walking with Team UMCWV. So this year, if you want to join the team and come out and walk with us on March 6th, come out to the table today and sign up and get your donation envelope. It has all the information you need about church will service and the details of the walk. And then get busy, but not just with donations. Find people to walk with us. Invite your family, invite some friends, get a group going, maybe even invite a neighbor who doesn't come to our church to join in the spirit and the fun. Once again, it will leave, the walk will leave at one o'clock from Cal Lutheran University. The map shows you here where we meet. You, there are three levels of walk, so there's something for everyone. There's the traditional six-mile walk. You can run with my husband, Chris. He runs it. You can do the shorter four-and-a-half-mile walk, or there's a lovely leisurely stroll led by students at Cal Lutheran around their campus. People really enjoyed that last year in the rain. <laughs> the only day it rained the entire year. <laughs> Once again, donations to the crop walk go to Church World Service to help the hungry around the world. But I really want to emphasize this year that 25% of all donations collected come right back to the Caneo Valley to hunger programs right here in our community. MANA, Meals on Wheels, and Lutheran Social Services depend upon these donations to do their work in our community. Also, I think the crop walk is really special because it's a community event. Each year, walkers walk from churches, scout groups, service groups, and school groups, all walking together to make the Canal Valley a wonderful place to live. Also, I want to let you know that the Outreach and Social Concerns Committee, joining with the Christian Education Committee, is developing this year a program, a collaboration, that will have events and programs and um, other programs that will highlight the hunger needs of our neighbors in the community. It could be people here in this congregation, people who are your neighbors, children who go to school with your children and grandchildren. The Crop Walk is the first big event in this initiative. We are calling it the Lord's Banquet. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whomever comes to me will never go hungry. Well, the love of Christ feeds our souls, but we are called to be the hands and hearts of Christ here on earth and to make sure that those in his family do not go hungry. So come out March 6th. Join our team. If you can't walk, find someone wearing a tag and sponsor them. Make this part of your Lenten journey this year, doing something positive 
to spread the love of Christ through the world. Also, this is the Super Bowl, and we have our own Super Bowl here, as in S-O-U-P. Two cans out on the patio. Chris is showing you what they look like. Right now, as of the last count, it was Broncos 47, Panthers 57, and the Memorial Fund for the Patriots, $5. So, <laughs> however you would like to vote, give your, your favorite team a boost, and um, have a great day. Can you name all 12 disciples? <laughs> Let's stand as we join together in our hymn of celebration number 140, Great is Thy Faithfulness. We'll join in the first and last verses.
as we're standing. Now let's take a moment to turn to those around us today and give a word of greeting. Good morning. It's such a, uh, an honor and a privilege to sing for you. I'm going through uh, a struggle with the devil right now, uh, trying to attack me. Uh, but uh, with your prayers, I think I'm winning this fight. And this is a song about such a fight. <clears throat> to dream the impossible dream To fight the unbeatable foe To bear with unbearable sorrow To run where the brave dare not go to right the unrightable wrong to love pure and chaste from afar to try when your arms are too weary to reach the unreachable star this is my quest to follow that star no matter how hopeless no matter how far to fight for the right without question or pause to be willing to march into hell for heavenly cause. And I know if I'll only be true to this glorious quest that my heart will lie peaceful and calm as I'm laid to my rest. And the world will be better for this That one man scorned and covered with scars Still strove with his last ounce of courage With the help of the Lord to reach the unreachable As we come to this time of joys and concerns this morning, we want to notice some beautiful altar flowers. Today, uh, the first arrangement is given in celebration of Dana and Mike Sheehan's 20th wedding anniversary. We want to wish them a happy anniversary. If you see them this week, uh, wish them a happy anniversary, and we say together, we give you thanks. The second beautiful arrangement of flowers today is given in celebration of the 59th wedding anniversary. For Dick and Claudette Young, congratulations for 59 years after the meeting. And for this joy we say together, we give you thanks, O Lord. If there are any first-time visitors here with us this morning, we'd like to welcome you. Uh, we have a little gift that we'd like to share. Uh, if you would just raise your hand, catch the eye of uh, one of our ushers. Welcome, Ann and Abner. Please give them a look. Hey, how's, how is weather back in, uh, back in? Uh, 36 degrees. 36 degrees. Wow. Well, if you double that and then add about 10, you have California weather. So it's great. I'm glad you didn't bring your weather with us, but with you, but it's great to have you here this morning. Please join us on the patio after. If you notice the coffee cart, we have a wonderful, we're going to be, 
Uh, offering coffee once again every week on the patio. So we want to invite you all out for fellowship for a great time. Uh, and just share with us together uh, in some fellowship. Several concerns to share this morning. I want to share a concern from Madison and Mackenzie and Fervis for their grandmother uh, who passed away yesterday. We want to keep uh, them in our prayers, Madison and Mackenzie in our prayers. And we say together. Hear our prayers, O Lord. A concern from Natalie Ruge, a prayer for healing for my dad, Sonny Harwell, who was diagnosed with cancer this week. Mm. We want to lift up the Ruge family, prayers for her father, and we say together. Hear our prayers, O Lord. A concern from Brenda Rogers, prayers for Jack's health. He is sick again, going on three weeks, and this is the month of his performance. We want to continue to keep the Rogers in our prayers. Pray for Jack's healing and for his performance, and we say together. Hear our prayers, O Lord. A concern uh, and a joy as well, but from David and Renee, thank you for your prayers for my sister's friend Diane. After an eight and a half hour operation, she has a new change at life. We do want to continue to keep her healing and health in our prayers, and we say together. Thank you for our prayers, O Lord. We want to lift up the family of Kathy Gordon. Some of you might remember Kathy. She used to be a member of our choir, was very active here in the life of the church with outreach and social concerns, with Christian education. Her husband, Dwayne, is, uh, was an architect. He helped with some of the, uh, with the stained glass, with the design of the windows, and much of the banners that are around. So their, their thumbprints are all over the life of this church. Well, Kathy passed away at the end of January. So we want to continue, or we want to lift up the Gordon family for the prayers, uh, for the passing of Kathy, and for her family, and for their uh, remembrance of Kathy, we say together. Hear our prayers, O oh Lord. At this time, I'd like to invite John and Cordy, if you'll come forward for a moment. <laughs> John, is there anything that you want to share? <laughs> I don't know what it possibly be. Uh, as of about 4.30 p.m. yesterday, we are officially engaged. <laughs> you want to give me practice walking down the aisle. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> well, I asked them a couple, they, they, they thought they were getting uh, off that light the last service, so uh, they're not going to get off that light this service either. <laughs> so uh, tell us where it happened. Uh, Coral Canyon, Malibu, mm -hmm. uh, our favorite hiking trail. And, did, and he got down on one knee? I did. He yes. got down on one knee. Answered that tradition. Yeah, and you did this all by yourself, there's no one else there to observe this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's her favorite spot, and usually it's dead quiet. There's just a couple random passerbys, and we get to the spot, and there's like, you know, 75, 100 people walking around with tags on their chest. I'm like, what is going on? And it was a 100K trail run. Yeah. Everywhere. But thankfully, the, the place that I had picked out was actually nice and quiet, so it worked yeah. out. Uh, okay. <laughs> and how did he ask you? Um, he prepared a speech <laughs> and then gave me a jar full of shells that he collected both in um, South Carolina and California. So uh, it was like a, he's from South Carolina, so he put this little nice, very thoughtful gift together, mm -hmm. said the speech, and then asked me to marry him. And I hesitated for about a minute, <laughs> only because I was like, is this really happening? And then I said yes. Aww. I made him a little nervous. <laughs> I was sure the same thing to her brother or to her husband. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was your what was your answer? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that's great, uh, and God bless. And we're gonna have a prayer for you, Brian. Would you like to? Absolutely. Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise. Uh, we celebrate with John and with Cordy the news of their engagement, but the joy of their relationship over all these years that you will continue. To bless it and make it fruitful, that they will continue to enjoy many, many years together. 
we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate with them, to rejoice with them as their family. Be in their midst, glorify, may they glorify you, and may you bless them abundantly. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, guys. Other joys to share this morning. It is a joy that we lift up every week, a joy to have the opportunity to have beautiful music and service to have a celebration of music, but we do want to specifically celebrate uh, with Clarita and with the Sunshine Singers. It's great to see the 11 children singing. It's, a, it's a amazing the gift that they share to sing out loud and sing out strong. And uh, as Gary said, we're going to test your knowledge for the 12 disciples, so it's a joy. Uh, Speaking of Sunshine Singers, Aiden, one of the Sunshine Singers, wanted to share the joy this morning. He said, I love Jesus because he loves me. Aww. Amen. 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 A joy from Via and, uh, Via and Micah Rialica. Uh, praise be to God. Thank you for your prayers. Our baby, Vika, is already home after three months in NICU. From 742 grams to seven pounds. Yeah. Yes. And and they're, they're here today, they hey, got all the way in the back, all the way in the prayer room with the baby. Yeah, so God bless you guys. Vic, I apologize that I read your name incorrectly. I have a hard time reading. A joy that we celebrate together and we say, We give you thanks, O oh Lord. Gary, would you like to share? I just wanted to give a, a quick uh, uh, sharing of the joy. I was able to go back to visit my twin brother. We were born pretty much close together. And um, <laughs> back in Dallas, he was absolutely untotally prepared and surprised. So it was, it was a nice time to do that and spend a couple days with uh, him and my older brother who's back there and some family and some friends. And it was a, a good time. And when you get as old as I am, I'm glad to go anywhere and come back. So <laughs> we had a great time. So I uh, want to thank Brian for taking care of everything so we could slip off for a little bit to, to do that. And uh, it was a joy. Amen. And a joy to have Gary back as we say together. We give you thanks, Lord. I do want to lift up a joy this morning. A year ago, I was given, uh, given a, a 40 Ways to Keep Lent Holy. Starting on Wednesday, we will have available for anyone interested uh, the 40 Ways to Keep Lent Holy devotional. It's, it's scripture, it's the story, as well as an activity to do once one day, um, one day per day of Lent. So they will be available in the office as of Wednesday and on the patio beginning next week if anyone would like to pick up a Lenten devotional. And the last joy, I would like to just share a personal joy. Um, I have the opportunity on Thursday to go on vacation. Um, so with Gary back, I'm going to scoot for a week and uh, looking forward to it. Our family and one other family will be enjoying Hawaii for a week. Um, so I will miss you. Um, not as much. So I, will, I, will, I will miss not seeing you on Sunday morning. But I look forward to seeing you the following Sunday, um, and just, it, it's a joy to get away. So uh, I just ask for your prayers, for safe travel. Um, <laughs> I told my family if anyone gets sick, they're staying in Hawaii, so uh, we will not forget that. At this time, I want to uh, invite you to share in our prayer hymn number 123, El Shaddai. <coughs> God, we come before you this day, and we give you thanks and praise for the beauty of your creation, for the joy of this weather, the fellowship and the friendship that we experience, 
this day as we come before you into your presence to lift our voices in song and our hearts in prayer. Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise for the joys that we celebrate, for the gift of family, for the gift of friendships, for those that we hold dear in our hearts that we remember fondly. We give you thanks and praise for the abundant blessings that we lift up this day. And with those that we speak to, those that we hold in our hearts. But glorious God, as we lift up our prayers, we do lift up the concerns that are shared. We pray with and for one another, those who are mourning, those who are searching, and those who are hurting. Glorious God, we give you thanks that you've called us to be a church in ministry, continuing to reach out and meeting the needs of those around us for the joy to serve with the crop walk, for the joy to serve those who are hungry and who are thirsty. God, the needs of this community and this world are great, but greater still is your provision. Greater still is your presence and your spirit. And Father, we ask that you will bless our giving, that you will continue to stir in our hearts to reach out to be your light in ministry, to be your voice. God, as we lift up our prayers, though, we know that there's those who struggle with busy schedules and with hectic lives. So may this time now, may we come to you just for but a moment of silence and of rest to be restored and refreshed, to seek your spirit and feel your presence. We come to you now in silence. Merciful God, we give you thanks, for we know that there's no mountain too great that you can't level. There's no valley too low that you will not carry us through, that you continue to walk with us daily in relationship, that you continue to call us ever closer to you through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, that on this day as we offer our prayers to you, as we come before you as a community and as a family, may we too come before you with one voice raised in prayer offering the prayer that your son Jesus taught that together we too may pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the ushers come forward to receive this morning's gifts, tithes, and offerings.
gifts, tithes, and offerings. We present them before your throne and ask that you will bless and multiply these, that we be faithful to your ministry. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. This is God's Word to God's people. Thanks. Too bad the sermon won't be that short. <laughs> we better pray. <laughs> Our gracious God, we give you thanks for the reading of the word. And in that word, O oh God, we know we find life. And as good seed that finds its way to the good earth and brings forth a bountiful harvest. May now this, the seed of the word of God, dig deeply into the soil of our souls this morning and bring to us now a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God and in whose name we pray. And that, O oh God, we ask now by the blessing of your spirit to open our hearts to receive and hear your word through Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you remember the book that was very popular several years ago entitled Everything You Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask? You can admit that you've heard about it. <laughs> and do you remember, though, none of us ever bought the book because we were afraid if we went into the bookstore, what's a bookstore? If we went into a bookstore and we asked the clerk for the book, they would have looked at us like we knew nothing about the subject, so we just kind of put it off. Well, welcome to life. It reminds me of the story of the little girl who was given an assignment on her family at her school in Health Education 101 and wanted to ask about the biological issues of life. 
And so the little girl went to her mother and asked, Mommy, where did I come from? And the mother embarrassedly said, Oh, uh, dear, the stork brought you. Don't ask me these kind of questions anymore. If you have a question like that, ask your father. <laughs> so she trots off to her father and said, Pop, where did Mommy come from? <clears throat> and he also, quite embarrassed, said, Your grandpa found your mother in the cabbage patch outside of the house. And now don't bother me with those kind of questions. If you want to know that stuff, ask your grandfather. So the little girl went over to grandfather's house and asked, Grandpa, where did you come from? And the grandfather, quite embarrassed, said, a little fairy brought me over and laid me on my father's, mother's front door. Don't ask me these kind of questions anymore. Well, the little girl went home, wrote a report, and turned it in to the teacher. In it, she said, my family is quite embarrassed about our biological family. And with good reason, there have been no natural childbirths in my family for three generations. <laughs> And that's a lesson in Life 101, isn't it? <laughs> How many of you remember the 101 classes we took in, in school? You had maybe Math 101, you had Psych 101, you had History 101, those, those basic courses that you built all the other subsequent courses that you were going to have and to consider the things of those topics as you built one upon the other and got through school. Now, I am a believer in education, but I'm thinking that sometimes our schools have not taught us what was really important. Now, I'm not saying that I'm against education. I spent 14 years of my life just in undergraduate, college graduate, and postgraduate study, and so I appreciate education. But isn't it interesting that after we got our diplomas, though we knew how to figure the square root of an isosceles triangle, we don't know how to forgive others or ourselves? We know what direction migrating birds fly in the autumn, but we're not always sure what way is our direction in life. We have dissected a frog, but have never explored the deeper dynamics of dissecting human relationships. We know who wrote to be or not to be, that is the question, but we don't know the answer. We know what pie is, but we're not quite sure who we are. These and a hundred other examples are nearer to us in which we understand the school taught us a lot about things, a lot about knowledge, a lot about things that we perceive in our world, but the school classes didn't quite teach us about how to live. Sometimes school is the last place that you'll take life 101. It usually takes a graduate degree from the School of Hard Knocks or a course in the University of Adversity before we've really learned anything about life. And that is why our church experience is so important for us to ask what it's all about. Why are we here? What's the point? Is there a point? Did you notice something about what I just said? I didn't say that you couldn't find the answers to those questions in other places. What I said was is that few people are asking the questions. You see, our society is so busy looking for answers, it never stops to think, to ask, are the questions we're asking really the ones we need answers for? Because you see, until you ask the right questions, the right answers may not be there for us. So to ask the question, what is the purpose of life, assumes that there is a purpose to life. And without getting into that, maybe let me make the assumption to say yes. And if so, may I propose to you that in living our lives, there are three things that we are here for. We are here for doing, we are here for learning, and we are truly here for enjoying. Indeed, life is for doing. You know, I often think about the helicopters that go up above the freeways trying to get the traffic reports about 5 o'clock. And if you're looking down on the 405 freeway on the 101 and that helicopter looks down at the camera, pans it out, what do you see? A bunch of cars running around looking like a bunch of ants scurrying about in all these different directions, usually not going very fast at 5 o'clock. But all these people go in different directions trying to find a place in life. And I ask myself, and I hope others occasionally wonder, what's the purpose of all this doing? Of all the running around, of the hectic rat race world that we live in, which busyness is the center of everything that we're doing. Indeed, have you ever found yourself in a rut? 
I'll always remember when I was a teenager, my father took my brothers and me. We drove out to go dove hunting in Simi Valley. Can you imagine hunting in Simi Valley? <laughs> and I always remember Mr. Thurston. He owned a, a farm out there. He let us come on and shoot in his property. And I would jump out of the car and had a big gate to keep the cattle in. I'd pull the, the gate out and I'd, when we drove the car, I'd pull it back in. And on the front of his gate, there was a sign. And the sign said, choose your rut carefully, you'll be in it for a long time. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself in that rut? And that's exactly what it is, a rut where in the midst of our lives we get caught and we're just doing things instead of being people. Someone once wrote that the only difference between a rut and a grave was the length of the hole. <laughs> and so if life is for doing, the deeper question is for doing what? Which brings the purpose of our meaning. Indeed, I believe that God created us to be more than just human doings, going around doing all kinds of things, but rather God created us to be beings in which we find the purpose of our lives in discovering what God's will for our lives is. I purposely only included the one verse to highlight our complete chapter 5 of Ephesians because I wanted you to understand that that's what we're here to learn, what is pleasing to God. Ephesians 5.1 tells us this, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. And this chapter continues to describe the moral and ethical behavior of a Christian in their response to God's love. You see, if your life is for doing, it is not just for doing unto oneself. Each of us lives with a boundary of responsibility and Christ's likeness to each other. Therefore, our doing must be God-centered and God-directed and other-directed rather than only self-centered, as it so often is. Let me tell you something I hardly need to tell you because you know it's true that in our society today, in the way we do things in our social structure, me first is always number one. I'll tell you a principle of life right now that is absolutely true. The only thing in your life that you'll ever keep, the only things in your life you'll ever keep are the things that you give away. I have stood over the open grave of thousands upon thousands of people that I have performed funeral services. I have never found one single person who took very much with them into that hole. And none of us will take anything with us. Only what you give to others will live on. Therefore, the true learning that we have in life is built upon knowing what is right and what is good and what God desires us to do in our lives. I love the words from Reverend Robert Flugham's best-selling book, All I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. He says, wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sand pile at Sunday school. These are the things I learned. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things back where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt someone. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. <laughs> Warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. Learn something and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work every day some. Take a nap every afternoon. Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> when you go out into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands and stick together. Everything you need to know is in there somewhere. The golden rule and love and basic sanitation, ecology and politics and equality and sane living. Take any of those items and extrapolate them into sophisticated adult terms and apply it to your family or your work or your government or your world and it holds true and clear and firm. Think what a better world it would be if we all, the whole world, had cookies and milk and lay down with our blankies for a nap. Or if all governments had as a basic policy to always put things back where they found them and to clean up your own mess. <laughs> and it is still true no matter how old we are, when you go out into the world, it is always best 
to hold hands and stick together. Only what we give away will remain. And I thought about this on one of the trips that I make to the Holy Land. And I was especially aware of this day in which we were up at the Sea of Galilee. Now, if you, you picture the Holy Land, it comes out from the bottom of Lebanon. And from the rivers of Lebanon and from the cedars of Lebanon come the streams that come into the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Gennesaret. And into that Sea of Galilee is, is alive. There's fish and there's fishermen. It's green. It's beautiful. People are doing all the kinds of things about life. And as it exits from the Sea of Galilee comes the Jordan River. We all know the Jordan River, don't we? That's where Jesus was baptized, very near where the Jordan River empties from the Sea of Galilee. And it empties into the Dead Sea. Now, why is one alive and why is one dead? It's fed from the same river, from the same waters. One is living and one is dead. The answer is simple. The Dead Sea has no outlet in which to share what it has received. It's exactly the same in my lives, my friends, that if we just receive into our lives and have no way to share what we have received, our souls become dead, our spirits grow dim, life is not the same, and the world is not a better place. But when we open our lives by all the blessings that we have received and allow that to go forth, we as the Sea of Galilee find ourselves alive rather than the, like the sea that is dead in which there is no life. After we learn that life is for doing, we discover truly that life is for learning, isn't it? Isn't that what we're here for, to learn? To read and write and do arithmetic. We learned that, didn't we, when we were just little, little people? We did it to various degrees of success. Some of what we learned early in our lives turned out to be true. I'll be darned, the earth really is round. And to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And then it was very disappointing. I found some things weren't true. There is no tooth fairy. And that life is not always fair. And that, you know, really, the land of Oz is much nicer than Kansas. Some things we had to relearn. Some things had to be unlearned. What is it about life? By the time we were 20, we knew everything. By 30, we had some questions. By my age, I know very little. What happens when people rent a gown and a mortarboard, they think they don't have to learn anymore. Do you realize that when you graduate, what do they call that exercise? A commencement exercise? Commencement doesn't stop something. Commencement begins something. It's a place where we have the tools to begin to commence what our lives are all about. You see, Life 101 is a lifetime process. In 1977, a Florida newspaper carried the story of a black itinerant preacher who was interested in making a careful study of the Bible to help him become a better preacher, and he enrolled in school. Now, not too unusual, you say. At the time, Ben Raymond was 110 years of age. And life is for enjoying. You know, joy is an interesting word. It doesn't have an automatic opposite created by adding un or dis to it. We have pleasure and displeasure, happiness and unhappiness, gratitude and ingratitude, but there's no unjoy or disjoy, is there? Because it's pure. And joy is something that we need to do. We need, therefore, I think, to enjoy life because we enjoy God. And this is what Paul was telling the Ephesians when he said in verse 10, learn what is pleasing or enjoyable to the Lord because without joy, life is pretty slim, my friends, isn't it? And so we come to the realization that our lives are a course in life 101, a lifetime learning experience where one never stops growing, where literally one starts in their lives, growing every single day by knowing God's word, by fellowship with one another, by being in worship. As we continue to grow and to learn and to enjoy, we find our lives truly in what God wants us to do. Now, I would not be telling you the truth today if I said that these are easy things to do in our lives because they take time and they take effort, but they, it's possible and it makes all the difference in the world. 
I received great insight from the words that were shared with me by my good friend, Rabbi John Sherwood, blessed be his memory, who once shared with me the words of the Jewish Theological Seminary's Foundation Charter that says this, a life is a single letter in the alphabet, but a single letter is meaningless. Or it can be part of a great meaning when letters become words and words become sentences and sentences become our lives. Is the letter of your life just standing alone? Or are we combining it with one another to spell out what is a blessing and good in life? Therefore, today, as we gather together here, I want you to know that you've just started on your course, Life 101, because every single day, I pray you'll learn some and do some and be some and grow some every single day because none of us are done with life. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks as we gather together here because we truly do want to know what is pleasing in thy sight. And may we find the truth, the truth that shall set us free to grow and to enjoy and to love and to have meaning in everything that we do so that we might give you all the thanks and all the praise through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May I invite you to stand now as we join together in our hymn of dedication, number 369. We'll join together in the first and last verses. This wonderful hymn written by Fanny Crosby in 1873 is an amazing hymn because Fanny Crosby, according to all people who knew her life, would have thought it was over. You see, Fanny Crosby wrote this hymn being absolutely blind from the birth to the time she wrote it. But she saw by faith that which many with eyes could not see, and that was that you praise God in everything. Reach out and take a moment to take the hand of someone near you, and as we join hand in hand together, remember this, that when you hold another's hand, there is nothing in the world you ever go alone. You see, you have something to give, and you have something to receive, and when you reach out, you will receive both and be blessed. Would you receive now the choir's blessing and the pastoral benediction?
And now, O oh God, look down upon us and grant us your peace in our going out and our coming in, in our laying down and our rising up, in our laughter and in our tears, in our labor and in our leisure, until that day we stand before Jesus, in which day there shall be no sunrise nor sunset, but only everlasting light and truth. And, O oh God, look down upon thy divine broncos and grant them a win. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs>